Len, uh, I know we talked to you a few weeks back on my show about uh, your concerns about this funding review model uh, report. Uh, it has since been tabled. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. I guess first and foremost, um, what are you sort of pulling out of this? Any concerns, anything you like? What do, what do you see in this thing? Well, right off the bat, I mean, I think it's really good that the ministers decided to slow down the approach and won't be implementing anything for this coming school year. So probably the 2020 2021 school year and and that way there could be some more consultation and everyone understands the full impact of what might be contemplated you know that said it appears that there's quite a few good ideas in here we'll have to see what their effects will be do some modeling to make sure that school districts whether they're urban or rural won't be negatively affected because we are very interested in raising the bar everywhere, filling in some holes and making sure that there's equity of access for students around the entire province. Yeah. Before we dive into some of the specific issues, I'm just out of curiosity, as you examine these 22 recommendations and all of the, all that's contained in them, um, roughly how much of that could be ironed out in bargaining itself before we get to the other side and determine the rest? Well, almost none of it has to do with bargaining. Uh, you know, there is some reference to collective agreement language on pages 24 and 25 of the report. And I think what we would say to that is, you know, as we saw for the 16 years when collective agreement language around class size and class composition wasn't there, it made it very difficult to get services to students with special needs in particular. And so when the court said the language has to go back, it meant that 3,700 teachers, direct services to students, got put back into the system. And that's a good thing. The challenges, though, that have come about are due to recruitment and the difficulty getting enough people to come into the province, but also because the language that was taken away wasn't consistent around the province. And so we have a lot of school districts that don't have any reference to class composition in their local agreements at all. And so the students in those school districts don't see the same level of services as elsewhere. And so we certainly don't want to be seeing a scenario where um, supports are taken away from any students or our members in school districts where that language exists. We want to make sure that we can improve the services in the other school districts. And some of that is going to have to do with the upcoming round of bargaining, but it's always within the power of a provincial government to fund all school districts in a way that enables equity of services across all 60 school districts. Mm, interesting. Okay, uh, one of the big concerns you had uh, prior to, to seeing this report was how it dealt with funding for special needs students. Uh, I know what the prevalence model was raised, so it looks like there's some effort to take special needs out of it, but uh, I'm a little confused about the different designations and how they're impacted. How are you reading that? Well, we, we're going to have to look at that a little more closely. The report doesn't get into particulars about how that would actually be rolled out, and a number of our members have raised legitimate concerns based on their experiences in the classroom and also based on what happened over the 16 years with the BC Liberals. And so whatever gets rolled out, we want to make sure that it's actually better for students, that it doesn't take away supports and services from any students currently in the system, and that our members can do their jobs in a manner where their workload isn't uh, overly onerous. And so we're going to have to look at that a lot more carefully. We've had some concerns raised by our colleagues in Ontario about what that sort of model looks like. But 
um, you know, if there's some modeling and there's some projections that can be done to sort of show this is what it looks like in Kamloops, here's what it would look like in Fort St. John, here's what it would look like in Burnaby, and we could see where the improvements are, that lets us have a much better conversation about it. And, and I look forward to having those detailed talks with government and with the other education partners over the many months to come to make sure that whatever the Minister of Education and Cabinet land on at the end of the day, that it's going to add services into the system and not take away from any school districts or from any students in the province. You mentioned to me before and most recently on, on Twitter uh, that some of that special needs language is contained within the collective agreements uh, both at the district level and at the provincial level. So how much of that could be sorted out in the negotiations? Well, I, I think we should expect that that's going to be a primary area of focus. Uh, Kamloops is one of the school districts that has detailed language around class composition and that language has helped get more teaching jobs back into the Kamloops-Thompson School District, and that is really important. What we don't have, though, in many other parts of the province, including elsewhere in the Okanagan and in the interior, uh, we don't have any language in collective agreements that make reference to special education designation or students with special needs, and so we haven't been able to improve things quite as much through that Supreme Court decision. And you know, a lot of that language has, hasn't changed, um, since 1993 or 1994, during the period of time where it was legislated away, it you know it was there and uh, um, somewhere out there in the ether, unable to be changed. And presumably, over time, had it never been taken away, we would have been able to see improvements to it and some consistency around the entire province that will ensure equity of access to service for students. And so we want to be able to replicate the good things that exist in some collective agreements and raise the bar elsewhere so that any student with special needs attending a public school in British Columbia will know that they're going to be teaching supports at their school for them to work with them in their classrooms and also other people like our specialist teachers who can provide one-on-one and small group support when needed. Uh, recommendation four caught my eye because uh, here in Kamloops, of course, we have, and I'm sure it exists in other school districts as well, but we have that component of both rural and urban uh, brought to focus this week when we looked at the long-range facilities report table this week. And if you looked at urban Kamloops, we're 100% in capacity, uh, rural not so much. But uh, when it comes to funding, that's been a bit of a crowbar, but it looks like the province is trying, or at least this recommendation is trying to address that. What, what do you read into that as far as, you know, moving away from this one-size-fits funding model? That's what it looks like, and that is really important. Um, whether this is the right approach or not uh, remains to be seen. That's why the modeling is going to be really important. But it is something that needs to be grappled with. We have some school districts like Vancouver that are completely urban, or New West, which is urban, but in a much smaller geographical space compared to Vancouver. And then we have the ones that are completely rural, like the Stikine. Uh, Kamloops is in a uh, fairly unique situation. It's similar to Prince George in that it has a large urban center, but then satellite communities like uh, Clearwater and, and elsewhere within the school district where the demographics of the students are quite different, uh, large geographical areas for the, uh, the school district to be responsible for, great distances from the school board office, and uh, challenges, challenges trying to, to hire people to schools and outlying communities. And um, that has been a challenge for governments of all stripes 
to try to wrestle with, and the funding formula has been tinkered with uh, many times over the decades. And so hopefully the groundwork that's being laid here and then the comprehensive conversations that we have over the next few months can iron out some of these challenges because it's really important. I spend a lot of time on the road and I go into these schools. I've been in some of those remote schools within the Kamloops School District as well. And it, it does look different and the needs are different. And it is, uh, there are challenges involved with economies of scale and how many staff members you're able to have and what sort of uh, trades and technology equipment you're able to provide, the, the gamut. And so it's important that we address this. I'm also happy to see that there's some specific recommendations around distributed learning and expanding opportunities for adult ed programs, because those haven't really been looked at. How we fund those programs, um, how we fund courses, how do we expand services that are there, or how we just deliver distributed learning in particular. How can we dist- uh, deliver that in a different way that might be better for kids? Uh, I was kind of curious about Recommendation 17, uh, and I'll just read it to you. The ministry should expand its workforce planning project and work with school districts to establish a provincial K-12 human capital plan. Um, I think that probably deals with staff and teachers and stuff, but uh, maybe you know better than I. Yeah, that's, there's definitely some HR speak in that recommendation. We, uh, on the teacher component, the staffing around the province, we have been involved with the BC Public Schools Employers Association and both the Advanced Ed and Ministry of Education to look at where numbers will be down the road in terms of the teaching workforce, and not just the province overall, but in different regions of the province, and then also breaking things down to look at French immersion programs, special education, a number of things that sometimes have been hard to fill. And there has to be similar work done for principals and vice principals, superintendents, all that succession planning that has to occur. K-12 to isn't all that different from um, you know, dentistry, uh, other health professions like doctors and nurses, where there are challenges filling jobs in rural and remote areas of the province. And as we've experienced both this school year and last school year, um, with the influx of jobs being restored to the system, um, we don't necessarily have certified, qualified teachers in the areas of the province that we need them. And so what are we going to do about that over the long term? How many people do we have to graduate from our teacher education programs? And, um, you know, there are um, uh, part of this recommendation, though, too, uh, talks about some of the reserves or surpluses that some school districts might have and how much of that money is being spent. And we've done lots of media over the past couple of years about the need for our members to have accurate and up-to-date teaching resources that match the new curriculum. We're very proud of the new curriculum, but the things that teachers have to use with students, whether they're teaching science or language arts or working in a trades and technology program or a music teacher, don't necessarily fit the new curriculum, aren't there enough quantities Uh, They might be broken, or teachers themselves need some professional development opportunities. And uh, Minister Fleming has sometimes sort of cited the surpluses that exist in some school districts, and we're all kind of left scratching our heads wondering why more of that money isn't being spent on the needs that are happening uh, in schools, both for students um, and for our members. And so part of this uh, recommendation also seems to be getting at that issue. If government's going to be increasing grants to school districts, we have to make sure that the money that flows into school districts actually gets spent as close to students as possible, and as much of it gets spent as close to students as possible. 
Okay. Uh, just as an aside to that, how are we doing on the teacher vacancy front currently? Okay. Um, any concerns still? Or? Uh, still concerns. It's week 16 of the school year. There's still over 100, uh, 400 vacancies around the province. And that doesn't include the number of teachers on call that we still need or the number of certified teachers that are needed to replace people who aren't actually trained teachers who are presently working in school districts like Peace River North and South, um, in communities like Burns Lake and Nechaco. Uh, maybe it was sort of the, the mom who was volunteering as a lunch monitor before, or another community member who isn't a teacher, but you know, was connected to the school system in some capacity. You know, clearly we need them right now, but that's not a long-term plan. You know, parents and the public and teachers as a profession expect that we have trained teachers who are qualified, working with students in all classrooms around British Columbia, and that's part of the equity conversation. We need to address the fact that um, it's very difficult to both recruit for and retain uh, teachers in some of the school districts in the province for a variety of reasons, affordability, but also what the community is able to provide. All right, perfect. Uh, I guess last question, anything else in the report that has you kind of raising an eyebrow that you mean one way or another here? Well, today is the first time that I've had a printed copy that I've been able to keep and read from back to front, and so I'm going to do that now. Um, But the commitment from the minister to uh, uh, take a bit more time, work with the education partners, make sure that things are done right, and that problems aren't created inadvertently, which is what a lot of our members worried about over the past few months, um, that's really good um, because there's a lot at stake here for students and there are a lot of pent-up needs for sure but we have to make sure that whatever is done is done properly and so i'm glad that time is going to be invested perfect stuff glenn always a pleasure thank you sir thank you take care and uh, if i don't talk to you before merry christmas to you and yours yeah thank you very much